I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hello and welcome back to Practical Stoicism. I'm your host, Tanner Campbell, and here's your reminder that if you would like to get rid of ads and these little preamble speeches, you can do so by going to stoicism.supercast.com and signing up as a premium subscriber for just $6 a month. Doing so will get rid of the ads, we'll get rid of the preambles, we'll help you get straight to the point. I also title the episodes differently on that side of things. They're just Book X, Meditation Y which can make navigating through them and re-listening to them a lot easier. But if paying to support podcasts isn't your thing, or if you don't have the money to do so, I get it. I have been there. Sometimes getting nickeled and dimed for three, six, twelve, seven dollars a month can feel like, where the hell is all my money going? So I get that. You can also support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. Or you can share the show with people who you think would enjoy it, members of your family, your friends, whoever. Also, I can now dedicate more time to this show, and something I'm working on is both a book and writing blog entries on the website, and also starting a community so some of you can get together into the same place. In fact, you can go check that community out if you are a premium subscriber. That is a new thing that I have just added. When you subscribe to the premium feed, you get to hang out with other people who have done the same and who have chosen to join the community. So that's another benefit of supporting the show for six bucks a month. But any kind of support you give, whether it's sharing or reviewing or paying, all of that is great because it helps keep me motivated. It helps get me paid if that's the path that you choose. And it helps me to just keep making more of this content, writing books, writing articles, and soon, probably at the end of this upcoming season, the introduction of our first interview, where I will publish an additional episode every week that is either a deep dive or an interview. And those would be much longer forms. So cool things to come if we can get there together. That would be awesome. Support any way you can. I appreciate you. Today we're going over the 14th meditation of book two, which reads as follows. As though thou shouldest be going to live 3,000 years and as many times 10,000 years, still remember that no man loses any life other than this which he now lives, nor lives any other than this which he now loses. The longest and shortest are thus brought to the same, for the present is the same to all, 
though that which perishes is not the same, and so that which is lost appears to be a mere moment. For a man cannot lose either the past nor the future. For what a man has not, how can anyone take this from him? These two things then thou must bear in mind. The one, that all things from eternity are of like forms and come round in a circle, and that it makes no difference whether a man shall see the same things during a hundred years or two hundred or an infinite amount of time. And the second, that the man who lives the longest and he who will die the soonest lose just the same. For the present is the only thing of which a man can be deprived. If it is true that this is the only thing which he has, and that a man cannot lose a thing if he has it not. Of all the meditations thus far, this one rings the most Eastern to me. I don't know if you'll feel the same way. Early at the outset of this podcast, I made a remark about how Stoicism is reminiscent of a less spiritual, more logical form of Buddhism that the two are very good bedfellows in a way. There have been multiple examples of how that's true, but none more clear than this one, I think. Marcus is telling us, in his way, to live in the moment, because the moment is all we really possess. And that moment is an infinitesimal amount of time that has already been lost a thousand times since you started listening to this podcast episode. Just this week, you've lost millions of moments, and they will never return. If it hasn't struck you yet, I hope it will now. One of the core tenets of Stoicism is paying attention. And the reason for that is that if you are not paying attention, you miss the moment. You miss the tiny fraction of time you have to act, do, and be. And once that moment is gone, you have already failed to act, failed to do, and failed to be. The Stoic stage wastes no time is ever ready to make of the moment the most they can and spend no time dwelling on the past or worrying about the future, for both of those things are either out of their possession or beyond the scope of their control. There is only ever this very moment. And there it goes. And here it is again. Oh, it's gone. Of course, no one is perfect, and that is why all practicing Stoics are prokoptons and not sages. Marcus wasn't a sage. Epictetus wasn't a sage. Seneca wasn't a sage. In fact, there never has been one. And that is where this Western philosophy differs sharply from its Eastern counterpart. In Buddhism, there was a perfect enlightened being. There was the Buddha, and he attained spiritual oneness on earth. I think he did that sitting under a tree, if I recall, during his life. In Stoicism, at least as far as I'm aware, there is no such person and there isn't ever expected to be. There is only the path of trying and improving, of effort and participation and work. That is likely the greatest difference between Buddhism and Stoicism from a high level, and I often liken that difference to old kung fu movies where is commonly discussed the difference between soft and hard styles of combat. Buddhism is a soft style of philosophy, and Stoicism maybe is a hard style. But their aims are so very often the same, and practicing either is probably likely to bring a lot of benefit to your life. And maybe I haven't said this before, but you don't have to be a Stoic. I think everything in Stoicism, when put to good practical use, is helpful. But if you don't identify with it, well, you probably wouldn't be listening if you didn't, but if you don't identify with it, that's okay. Finding a life philosophy is about finding answers that work for you, that you identify with, that you can follow that you feel good about. And ultimately, the test of a good philosophy 
is whether or not it can help you live a good life. And if it can do that, then it's a great philosophy. For me, that's Stoicism. But for you, hey, it could be Buddhism. It could be some other ism. It could be Christianity. It's less about what the philosophy says, and it's more about how you practice the philosophy. And if you practice a philosophy that makes you a good and decent person who leaves this world better than it was when you arrived, if you made good efforts during your life, the philosophy that you lived by was a fine philosophy. I know that sometimes when I make these Buddhist stoicism comparisons, it might be kind of like I'm saying stoicism is better. It's better for me, but it might not be better for you. So I don't want you to think that by listening to this podcast, you must commit to stoicism lest you commit to an inferior philosophy. That's not really how it works. I'm glad you're here learning this philosophy because I think it's useful and I'm passionate about it. But feel free to try to discover other ones too. You probably already are, and that's a good thing. But stepping away from the East-West comparison, I find this to be one of the most profound things Marcus shares with us in book two. No matter how long you live, when you die, it's the same thing you're losing, the present moment and your ability to be an active part of it. That is what we lose when we die. And it is the thing that we find ourselves lusting after more and more as we get older and older and feel perhaps that we are losing. But until that day, the day we lose all future present moments forever, and this moment right now, we have them. And nothing could be more powerful than truly understanding that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. If you enjoyed it, if you learned something from it, consider leaving a review of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Podchaser.com. Again, if you'd like to get rid of ads and if you'd like to support the show, you can become a premium subscriber by going to stoicism.supercast.com and any support you can give, I would greatly appreciate. Thank you again for listening and until next time, take care. Take care.